Hey guys, welcome to episode 28. I just want to apologize in advance for uh, what you're about to hear. I hope you enjoy it and have a nice day. Hey guys, welcome to episode 28 of Next on the Platform. Uh, This week, I've got on James with me or some of you may not know him as... What's your Instagram handle, man? Uh, JC Fitness 205. JC Fitness 205. Uh, What's the, what's the, um, the purpose behind that username, man? What does that come from? Okay, so when I was like 19 and I made that account, uh, I was a big fan of Steve Gentile. Mm-hmm. And I remember his Instagram name was like PT Fitness or something like that. So I was like, okay, like I want to be like him. So I made my name JC Fitness as my initials. Uh, I was a 93 kilo at the time, so 205 pounds. That's, that's it. PT Fitness, is that the guy that um, Garrett Fear had a... Why do I know... I know that username, PT Fitness. Is he the guy that Garrett Fear made fun of or something? Definitely not. Definitely I, not? Oh, also, PT uh, Fitness. It sounds, really like, fam- it sounds really familiar to me. I think oh, no. Like, this is this is a different guy. Yeah, sorry. Wow, this is a big man. I've never heard of this guy before. It's massive, right? That's a big dude. I give him a follow. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Obviously, you're a powerlifter. Uh, we know recently you hit 800 kilos, and we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently training out of Iron Sport in Glen Olden, PA. Uh, it's right by the airport. Super cool. So like, um. Whenever someone comes into town through the Philly airport, they frequent our gym, Iron Sport. So we have a bunch of big names come down randomly. And uh, uh, what else, man? Uh, what do people to... go to Philadelphia for? I don't know. I mean, I've just I've lived here forever. I wouldn't like try to visit it, though. If uh, I was if I was to come over as a tourist, would I go? Would I want to go to Philadelphia? You'd come to my house and we would hang out and wrestle. Would we train? Would we wrestle and train or just wrestle? We would train. We could hit up Campos with Alan. Mm. That's definitely on the cards. Hang out with Alan. I still have to fight uh, Liam Hoey um, whenever I do come over. We have to train. Are you guys all relatively close together? Yeah. We could could schedule something together. Me, you, Alan, Liam. I'll be strong by then too, so I'll be able to fit in. How tall are you? Uh, I'm taller than I'm six. No, I'm six three. I'm shorter than Liam. You're actually six three. Mm. It'd be funny if I just made it up because there's no way to validate it. But yeah, I am quite tall. I I am shorter than Liam, so he would make me look small, which is okay. not something that I'm used to. I'm used to being taller and bigger. So maybe I just won't hang out with Liam. I'll just hang out with you and Alan and stand in the middle. <laughs> Are you the same? Are you Alan's size? Uh, Alan, I think right now is a little bit heavier than me. Mm. I don't remember who's taller. We're both really short, but my arms are mad short and his arms are like, he's got like the arms of an orangutan. His arms like hit the floor. Mm. So, but he's still really good at bench. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think it's just because he's massive. I think it's just because he doesn't complain about having long arms. <laughs> uh, even if even if you train the exact same there's people who have long arms and complain about it and then people who have long arms and don't complain about it and just suck it up you know and that's the only difference is just sucking it up i think yeah the people who complain about their leverages should just quit the sport <laughs> well that's funny because i complain about my leverages actually i don't complain about my leverages i just complain about my distance traveled because like if you ask liam 
I'm sure he'll tell you, being tall, it's not necessarily having bad leverages because like you can have good leverage. If you look at Kilo Pete's sumo deadlift, like he has a, a nice deadlift and he's tall. He's my height. Um, he's tall. It's just that actually the total distance traveled is actually quite rough. Like you just get cooked really quickly and, and your ability to like rep stuff out or do a back down after a top single. Like I'll do a top single. So like this literally happened to me yesterday. You saw I failed uh, five reds, right? So I my last warm up was four reds and a yellow uh, and yeah. the clip. So 255, whatever that is in pounds, um, 550 something, yeah. Um, and so I did that and it was like RP8 or RP9. So I could have doubled... 255 kilos then i fail my single at 270 and then i go back down to 240 and it's an rp like 11 double so my like ability to rep anything at my height is just terrible i don't know if it's just the way i i don't know if it's related to my height but if i like i only did half of the rep at 270 i didn't even do a whole rep and then all of a sudden i can barely even double what i could probably do for four reps well, talking about that, I think I think you sort of figured something out for yourself there is the key to getting yourself stronger is to get better at those reps. Mm. Like if you can force yourself to be good at the thing that you're bad at because you're tall, I think it'll pay off very you, much. So you think, just, you think just get... As opposed to trying to push your singles year round, I think. Uh, I think getting better at like fives, eights, stuff like that, mm. that would really help you. So you think That's just get, get stronger, you think? Yeah, but get stronger in like the higher rep ranges. I think that might help. Mm. I had a comment on my post that was like, and he's a nice kid. He was like, um, you know, kind of he made a reference to how like the, my when I failed, the bar hadn't really stopped. Like it was moving and then I just dropped it. It wasn't from my grip. I actually dropped it on purpose. And he was like, learn how to grind kind of thing. And did, I was you, like, did it start to go down no, at all? It was still moving. Why'd you drop it? Were you scared you were gonna hurt? Yourself? I thought no, man. I I thought that. I don't know. It was because I'd never done an RP ten. So his point remains like learn yeah. how to grind. But um, and this is something I was going to talk about. Like it's quite technical. Is that like the the, the idea is learn how to grind at that weight, that high intensity. But you got to balance it with like um, fatigue. Because like I said. If, if I, like, I do a high RP deadlift, my back downs are shit. So, like, you're sacrificing all of yeah. your back down work for this one single. What is one single compared to, like, three heavy triples in it's terms one. of long-term progress? So, I think uh, if you're someone like me, where you can't rep for shit, you've got to, you've got to draw a fine line between um, getting in your rep work, which is what's going to make you stronger and practicing your singles. Now I could practice singles every week. It would just mean that I couldn't do any back downs. So I'd get really, really good at repping at a hundred percent or just, you know, one rep at 100%. And I'd probably get really, really good at grinding, but how much stronger would I get? Well, that reminds me of, uh, this kid named Massenheimer. Mm. Probably don't know him, but he just, we just did that like random unsanctioned meet together a couple days ago mm. and Tell the me about entire, that. that meet i'll just start from the beginning like i was just uh i had literally no intention of doing a meet i just hit 529 for eight on deadlift this wednesday 
Um, so I wasn't planning on training again until Sunday. And I like, I get notified by somebody that this meet is one unsanctioned. It's called the war on second at Warhouse gym. Uh, also in Philly unsanctioned, but they're doing USAPL rules and there's a $700 cash prize. The part that stuck out to me was the cash prize. I'm like, dude, $700 is so much money. Um, so I look at the roster and it's, uh, I was like, okay, this is doable. I could like, I could do this. Um, depending on who shows up, I could either go RP six and win, or I'll have to like lift a little bit of weights and win. So, um, who showed up? There was this guy, (laughs) um, whenever I do a meet or sign up for a meet, I extensively research who I'm competing against. Um, (laughs) if I have ever competed against you and you're listening to this, like I know everything you've ever done. So, and I also like, if I'm actually prepping for it, I like make myself hate you. Mm. Um, but that wasn't the case for this one because it was a two day prep technically. Um, so I text my coach. I'm like, coach, uh, I know I just competed three weeks ago, but, <laughs> and, and he starts typing already. <laughs> I'm like, but, uh, there's a unsanctioned meet in Philly that I want to do. And I'll make like, I'll make more than I do in like a long time working my normal job. So uh, I want to do it. And he's like, how easy is it going to be? And uh, I look up this guy, Elijah Young, who is from Oklahoma. And he's done four meets and like, he's totaled like 805. And he did it at 120. And I'm like, shit, shit, fuck. Like, I just start having nightmares about this guy. Um, so I go on Google and try and like search for him and figure out where he lives and all that. He's still in Oklahoma. And then he, so we get to the meet and he just doesn't show up. And I'm like, all right, it's on. Mm. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually a really fun meet. It was, uh, I didn't cut for it. I weighed in at like 235 and a half. Uh, so 107 point something. Uh, I had Liam handle me. I was actually like, <laughs> Uh, switching shirts in between each discipline. So I wore one of the sin shirts for the squat, one for the bench, and the like new white one for the deadlift. I was like a fat guy model for the shirts. And uh, it was fun, man. Like I went 562 at RP0 and then 600 at RP0. And I remember some guy in the crowd being like, whoa, this is 600 pounds. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> like this wasn't even my opener. <laughs> so, and then I ended at 628. Uh, it was just really fun. Like I knew all the spotters and loaders and stuff. They're all like 19, 20 year old kids from our gym. Um, Bork was there who Connor Borker is like, he's like the most, he's very like, gentle and soft-spoken like we like chit-chatted about safety squat bar before the meet and stuff and we like measured that is the first thing i would talk to him about too this is safety bar yeah he needs his own he needs a company to make him a safety bar we need the bork edition 
rogue safety bar or something like that. Well, I want to go like I want to train SSB with him because I'm pretty good at SSB too. I've hit six plates on the SSB. Six plates. Wow. Oh yeah, six hundred pounds. Six or five. Mm. What about um? So what did you end up totaling at this? Because you said uh, it was all low, pretty low RPE. And did you and did you win as well? Yeah, I won. Um, I had I had Liam like I was like telling Liam like over and over. I'm like Liam, like do not let me lose. Uh, so I totaled 1644 approximately, mm-hmm. which is like 120 pounds off my total from three weeks ago. Um, so 750 for, for anyone who uses kilos. Yeah, seven, 747 and a half in kilos. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I out totaled me. I out totaled you. Mm. What's your total? Uh, that's seven, a secret. Right? It's a secret until comp. No, I want to hit 700. Wait, have you done a comp yet? No, I was supposed to do nationals, but we have um, border restrictions and stuff here again because okay. Australia is um, in the shit now. So I have a comp at the same place. It's just not a national meet. So I won't get drug tested after a year of waiting for records. I will not get drug tested and I will not be able to say I have national records. So that'll be fun. Um, Are you but- looking at a national record? Yeah, we the federations over here are really chill, and there's not many of us. And as you can imagine, there's not many 110 kilo teenagers. Um, so, like our population's only like 20 something million, and you okay. guys have like 300 million. So it's quite small here. The sport itself is still proportionately smaller, so even less people, uh, even if you ratioed the populations the same. So it's quite small. So yes, what I'm saying is yes, I uh, I could have broken the records, but. Um, I wouldn't in America. So I'm happy that I live here because I can break records here and then I'll yeah. come to America eventually and be unimpressive, which will no, be fun. I think I think no matter where you're at, like a national record's cool. I don't I'm not so sure about state records, but I think a national record no matter where with what country you're in, I think that's pretty cool. Well, I think it just shows like cuz there's the whole idea of oh, you know, your country's national records are less. Well, it's like yeah, but we also don't have powerlifting in high schools. We're not allowed to use the gym in the high school unless you're on the football team. Um, Just the culture here is different. So like where someone in Texas might have done meets in grade 10 or whatever, year 10, I don't know how it works. Um, I I didn't go into a gym for the first time until grade 11. So like I think the culture, and I'm not just making excuses for myself. I think um, people often, you know, kind of disregard Australian powerlifting because it's not, uh, as high of a standard, but it's like, well, the co- you got to understand, like, the co- like if we started playing baseball, well, we do play baseball, but we wouldn't be nowhere near as good as you guys. But we just haven't done it for as long. Like, we don't have the resources, kind of thing, uh, or the culture, okay. which is something that I want to help change. I'm trying to. I just um applied to start up a powerlifting club at my university because I want to get people into powerlifting, and I wouldn't mind being the head coach. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to do my part. I, I, I guess, yeah. Just do a little bit extra for, for who I for people that I can hear. I think culture is so important. Mm. I, think it's, I think it's so important and a lot of people just sort of ignore it or they don't have it or they don't take the time to like look around them and look at the lifters around them and build a culture. Mm. I, I think yeah. one of my favorite things about like having this podcast and is like I have become friends with um, people that I likely... 
I could maybe never meet them, but we talk online and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I do want to come to America. I'll come to America when I can and get a lift in with people, um, go to Philadelphia, see the, the office setting, um, <laughs> go take a photo in front of the, the office sign, come train. But um, it's like, uh, I like the like the sin powerlifting thing. Um, well, what Liam says is just like be about it. And it's, it's like, I know what it stands for, but, <clears throat> and it's a pretty simple concept, but like, um, there's a whole bunch of people who want to, and I'm sure this is what he means by it. Like, just want to talk about it. And, and like, um, when like push comes to shove, they're not really, you know, um, doing what they need to do. And I want to, I want to talk to Liam about exactly what he means by it. But in my mind, it's kind of just like, shut up and just lift kind of thing instead of telling us what you're going to do or um you know oh i you know i'm this old and this is the record and i want to do this it's like just do it like i think i said it in one of the episodes recently it's like yeah i did it with liam i said like we don't have any reason to believe that you're going to do something and i think one of the things with like you said the culture is like just surrounding yourself with people who actually care about your lifts like there's only a certain amount of people who when I watch their training, I, I'm actually interested in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not because I'm selfish or anything. It's just because I've developed a group of people on the internet that yeah. I interact with. It's like, if I don't interact with you regularly or from time to time, I probably don't have any reason to, you know, you don't know the story behind it. You know, the more when yeah. you get to know somebody and you know the effort that goes into it or what they've had to go through, then their their training all of a sudden becomes pretty interesting to you. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also like sometimes you don't even, and this sounds like I'm a terrible person, but it's you don't really get to know someone until they've been powerlifting for a while. Mm. Because some, some people just filter in and out so quickly and they find a new hobby and it's blah, 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 blah. Mm. and like until you've been doing it for a couple years like you're not actually like in the culture like you don't like until you do like a couple meets and i'm not like dashing you because you haven't done a meet i mean you tried to do a meet but they screwed you so hey i've done meets before did you think that i said i hadn't done meets or that yeah i asked if you did a meet and you said uh you were gonna do nationals, but it got cancelled. Oh, sorry. I've done three meets. This was gonna okay. be my fourth. So, <laughs> I've done more than Alan. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, what do you think about um, being not a powerlifter unless you've completed? Because, like, I love that. You love that. So, if you said, if Alan asked you, you know, no, he's not. He's not a powerlifter. He's and not I've, a power. He's just the he guy that about it before that he's not a powerlifter. I think he trains in such a smart way like he's more of a power lifter than some of the technical power lifters but he's just he hasn't done it yet and until like until it's on the platform it literally doesn't matter at all so if I, so, so if i people. asked you so if there was a pregnant lady right and and so you don't think she's a mother until she has the baby not uh-huh. a mother when she's pregnant hell no so the child is alive and it's her child and she's nursing it so let's say Alan's in prep is the same metaphor and Perfect. the birth is the competition. You don't think he's a powerlifter until he competes or this person is a mother until she's had the baby. He is a powerlifter when he takes his opening squat at his meet. Oh, that's fair enough. 
Yeah. But the thing, it's funny because if, like if you say I was, it. If I was to change it for Alan just because we're friends, then I would have to change it for everybody. That's true. You guys are friends and obviously you don't go out of your way to make fun of him in that way. But I, there are some people who have made fun of others as well. I don't know about Alan specifically, but this like idea of you're not a powerlifter unless you've competed. That I is, think- that is in my opinion, that is like if you think that and you keep it to yourself, that's fair enough, right? Because okay. competing is the hardest part of it. I mean, putting together a good performance is the hardest part. Sorry, competing is easy. Doing well it's is hard. So hard to get a good performance. But what I think is like, you if you are going out of your way to yeah. make fun of somebody else because they're enjoying a sport, like I think it's one of the things that stops the sport from growing is people will say, I'm a powerlifter now. Like if I if I train for the Olympic, let's say someone's training for their first Olympics, right? Are they not a runner until they run in the Olympics? Like they're a runner, right? They're training to run. They do all the things that a runner does. Are you not going to call them a runner until they can... And I just mean people will go out of their way to like put somebody down just because they haven't competed yet. It's like we, we want to encourage these people to yeah. join the sport. Like as much as we hate... And I say we because I know it's a common... Like as much as we hate like TikTok powerlifting and that sort of thing... If we want the sport to grow, if people want to make a living off the sport, which is not common now, but it can be, um, yeah. we need those types of characters. Like, we need those guys on TikTok doing funny shit or cringe stuff to help the sport grow. So, I think to say, to go out of your way to just randomly, unless, if someone's walking around saying, I'm a powerlifter, I'm a powerlifter, just uh-huh. because, and they haven't competed, maybe be like, hey, kind of chill a bit. If someone's just going about their day, Maybe they have powerlifter in their bio and they haven't competed it. And you go out of your way to make fun of them. I just think that's like, it's kind of just like mind your own business, I guess. I think it's, all right. I think this is not about anyone in particular, but I think coaches who haven't done meets, I, I, I don't know what the, Mm. that is <laughs> well i mean you do learn um, a lot you do learn a lot in your own prep and, and until I think, you, I think actually doing meets and going to meets and handling the meet at meets like a meet is so much different than training in the gym man like it's mm. it's so different you don't get to pick when you go out on the platform there's a bunch of people watching you there's like the spotters and loaders you, you like you don't know them like it's not like you go up before you're set and you ask your boy who you've known forever you're like hey can i get a spot it's just this random guy and if he doesn't pick the weight up off you by accident because he was twiddling his thumbs you you're fucked so uh it the nerves the nerves and the weight cuts and all that shit like you have to go through that multiple times i think if you want to teach someone how to do that Hmm. i I think it's yeah i think i think it's silly not to and i think I think they can coach, go ahead, whatever, but uh, the market will sort of figure itself out and the people hopefully will go to the better coaches, um, despite like whoever's more popular at the time, like Joel Seedman or whatever, uh, whoever puts out the most nonsense on Instagram just ends up getting the most money from it. But I actually have a, it's funny you mentioned Joel, I actually have a, a like a skit idea that I'm going to do on Joel, um, like his yeah. top top five most retarded exercises. I don't know if you've seen his YouTube channel. His yeah, yeah, yeah. The, his YouTube channel. That. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, what is on YouTube? I would watch I, that. 
I think his, I think the the skill of competing, um, is so different than the skill of training smart. So like you've got training smart, and you could train, you know, like the smartest guy around, um, but if you can't learn to control it on the day, like I think there's this idea of like if I don't hit my maxes or above. I, it's kind of been a bad prep or like a bad thing or, you know, like a bad meet. I think it's like, like fine if you're going for a record. That's a different story. Obviously, I'm not talking about that. But I think like, um, just it, let's say you match your best performance, but you have, you know, no white lights, uh, no red lights, or you get like, let's say you did seven for nine and you went 700 kilos. If you go nine for nine and you get like 705, 710, like that's still... Way better. Like, yes, maybe you would have beaten it on the first comp when you got 700 if you had got your extra two lifts. But, like, you've learned, like, because at the end of the day, like, the skill of competing is not something that you can learn other than competing. So, I mm-hmm. think, like, yes, coaching a meet if you haven't done a meet is kind of, you know, whatever. But again, I'm not going to, as long as those coaches aren't tricking people into hiring them, like, if they're, like, fair, because yeah. I'm in a position where I'm learning. Someone like that, mm. I, I'm. I've been coaching for a year, and my got one of my guys is in prep right now, but he lives overseas, so I can't go and handle him. Right. So that's the skill that I'm learning right now, and it's the the difference is like I'll see people who kind of market themselves more than what they are. I'll put up a story every once in a while, and I'm like, if you know, if you want to get stronger, message me, we'll sort it out. That sort of thing. Yeah. I don't market myself as some. I don't try to reinvent the wheel, you know. I might take the piss a bit on the po- on the uh, the podcast, but when it comes to coaching, I'm very uh, self-aware and honest with the way I market myself. And I think like there's nothing wrong with being a bad coach as long as you're improving. As long yeah. it's and the only bad thing is if you're tricking people into thinking that you're not a bad coach. It's like just kind of be more honest with yourself, kind of thing. Yeah. Who's your coach? Uh, my coach is a bee, a babu. Who? Um, a bee, a babu. Oh, I'm not he familiar. Is, he's great. Uh, he's been my coach ever since I got a coach, like three, maybe four years ago. I don't even remember. Mm. Uh, I went to him. He actually attended my second meet. He was just, I don't know if he was handling someone else or whatever, but he was in the stands. And I like, we had been training together once a week leading up to the meet and he had like his own crew already because he'd been powerlifting longer than me. Um, and I remember asking him before my third squat, I was like, should I go for 584 or 265 kilos? And he was like, you know what, man, like if you think it's there, go for it. And I put it on the bar and I like, uh, I failed it terribly. Mm. <laughs> and a little bit after that meet, I decided to hire him and it's, it's been awesome. We've gone on to, add like 360 pounds to my total something no something ridiculous like a ton of pounds to my total in three years uh he taught me a lot about bench press also like when i first started with him i was a flat back close grip bencher pretty much and i was able to put up like 405 in the gym a couple times but uh when it came down to meet day and i actually had to pause it ended up being more like 385 um and then i've gone on to hit 452 in competition under him which for bench press going from 
like sub 400 450 is so like it's so drastically different like now i've recently done 365 for 12 so that's basically my old max for 12 um i'm just i'm way better now way way better with a b hmm. um he's in maryland uh so like virginia maryland pa all those people can hire him also anywhere but those are usually the meets that he goes to hmm. so uh, what about the, because I've seen your post or a post or you talking about a post, the story that you put up, sorry, losing my marbles, um, okay. the the tripod cue for bench um, oh, yeah. and we wanted to talk about bench press. Uh, I am happy. I am more than squat and deadlift. I feel capable of talking about bench because okay. I'm, I'm in the, um, I joined the four plate club. I mean, that doesn't make me competent, but I feel okay talking about no, bench. It, it makes you good. You are good at bench. It makes me okay at bench, I would say. Just no matter what your body weight is, if you can bench four plates, you're already better than like the majority of human beings in the world. Mm. Yes. Um, right? And not so, just better than them at powerlifting, just better than them in general. I'm better than most people. You're, like You could walk up to them and smack them in the face That's and they right. would look like nothing about yeah. it. I need to wear a shirt uh-huh. that says, I bench 405. I need to make a shirt. I need to make that shirt. I benched 405. When I benched 452 in the meet, like, I absolutely lost it. I, like, I would, like, DM my post. I still do this. When I, like, hit a big lift, I'll, like, send my post specifically to, like, 60 people, like, individually. And I'll just be like, check this out. Show your friends. Look at this shit. Like, look at what I just did today. Mm. Um, you, is this I, your tips? Is this how to blow up on Instagram? I need some tips on how to grow a page. This is how to make people think that you're super annoying. Mm. But um, I do it in like a ironic sort of way. Like it's not like it's not like I'm like shoving it in people's faces for real. I'm not like look like I'm better than you. Like look at this. It's just like I'm genuinely happy with my accomplishments, and I like I actually want them to show their friends. Like I'm like, hey, like did you show this to your friends or your parents or whatever? Like show them what your friend can do. I, I saw, I yeah, I, I like that. I think, uh, you know that guy, Noel, who makes those um, videos, that huge bodybuilder, Noel Diesel or whatever? Is he the guy on TikTok with the... Yeah. Okay, yeah. He, he's sick. He put up a thing. It was something about arrogance and confidence. And it was like arrogance is uh, rooted in like insecurity or whatever. And confidence is rooted in like experience or something like that. I probably butchered the quote. Um, but I do like that. Uh, like yeah, the yeah. Com- confidence is, is rooted in experience. And so, like, people will mistake your confidence for, like, arrogance quite often. I, I think they probably do. Like, some people, some, I've heard this a couple times, is they think that I think that I'm better than them because I lift more than them. Well. In reality, I'm just proud, of, like, I'm proud of myself. Like, I'm proud of the accomplishments that I've had. Not that I'm, like, the most accomplished lifter ever, but I'm pretty happy, like. You should be, yeah. Yeah, like I was super happy with my 800 kilos a couple weeks ago. Um, the 452 bench, that was another big milestone that I crossed off. Like, I'm just like, I'm just training. Like, I'm just, I'm just training and doing what I love. And if people don't like it, that's, it's whatever, man. Like, I don't go out of my way to try and like publicly shame people. I don't, but if someone comes to me and tries to, take me down i i just i fact check i'm like what 
let's see. What are the numbers? Let's go on open powerlifting. Mm. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing you said about like they'll be like oh i don't think i'm better than people because i lift more than them. was like if we're talking about powerlifting that is exactly what makes you better than someone at powerlifting right and i think that like talking about powerlifting is totally fine like shitting on someone because you're a better powerlifting than them is one funny especially if you're boys with them and two it's just like it builds camaraderie mm. like that's how I interact with people a lot of the time. Mm. Like, I'm like, oh, you fucking suck at bench, some shit like that. And, like, that's how we, like, me and you, when we were DMing back and forth, we would tell each other how small we are. Mm. Be like, you're fucking small. Do you want an extra small shirt? Um, mm. Stuff like that. Like, that's how, I don't know. I think There's that's... Just, the thing is, is, like, you got to be careful with that in terms of, because some people will take that as arrogance. So, like, when I said it to you, you knew it was... A joke yeah. and like but people will get butthurt about like so the thing is it's like people get upset about what others say on the internet and it's like you if if you don't even know that person if you never met them as long as it's not like and it's not like they get upset about something they've said about that you or whatever it's like they'll get upset about someone else's opinion on something that isn't about them so Dude, someone, like don't get upset oh, if you call squat high mm. yeah like, it's so, when i put up my it's like Oh, I, I thought you could have gone a couple inches deeper. It's not like me attacking you as a person. It's just me. And there's, I have like a, actually a lot of relationships like this. Like I'll see someone post their training and I'll like genuinely enter their DMs and I'm not even coaching them. Like they have a different coach and I'll just be like, dude, like you didn't pause this bench long enough. Yeah. And they'll be like, thank you. Like, thank you. Because I have, a, they know that they have a meet coming up and they're going to have to pause the shit out of their bench at the actual meet. And if that, like, if you don't have training partners to like keep you on, it's like, you can just go down a slippery slope. You can start squatting this much higher, mm. this much higher, this much higher, pause your bench, this much shorter, this much shorter, this much shorter until you, until you sort of like F up your own standards of training. And then you get to the meat and you shit the bed. I think it's a delusional thing too. It's like, there's that whole concept of like l people who lie um, actually end up believing their lies. Like it's a psychological yeah. thing. The more you lie, the more you do something, the more you believe it. And so like, just, people, people will be ignorant, like intentionally ignorant with like, oh, nah, that like that squat wasn't high. Like that's, and one, you know, like we've all been there. Like maybe we thought our squat was depth and it wasn't. But then you, if you don't have people around you, like you said, the culture to pull you up on it, you'll yeah. keep telling yourself that your squats are depth and, that's why like people will argue on the internet and they'll be like, Oh, this squat was high. This squat wasn't. And mm -hmm. both people think they're telling the truth. So like the person who's saying that the squat was to depth when it wasn't, they genuinely think that they are telling the truth. I don't think people understand this. You yeah. just cause someone is disagreeing with you doesn't mean they're And like, let's say obviously the squat was high, right? It was an obviously high squat. The person saying it was depth isn't, just bullshitting you they probably think they probably truly believe that they are telling you the truth and sure. so like i think in that case it's almost like a lost cause it's like don't even like that's why i never call like call out people with because one depth is subjective someone's hip being below their knee is subjective to your what you think is below like yes yeah. if we measured it there would be science there would be like a study you could measure it exactly but on the day it's eyesight and it's like your judgment so it's like one, it's a subjective thing that can't be exa like d measured exactly. 
and two, the people who are saying, no, it was depth, they might actually believe it was depth. And so I think that's a lost cause, like arguing with someone who just refused to listen to you. I think when everyone is like an internet judge, it can get really toxic. It can just get like, it can just get toxic. Like it can be like petty high school bullshit mm-hmm. when we're like in reality, like we're adults. Most, most of us are adults that are doing the lifting thing. Like there's uh, like young adults, like 18, 19, stuff like that. But um, yeah, um, when everyone's a judge and like, it's just like, if you squat high in training and then you sink it at the meet, who gives a shit? Mm. If you don't, I, if that works for you, go ahead. But it never worked for me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, my first time I ever got called for depth, I was like, okay, that was high. You're right. Uh, back in, it was this year. It was back in April at Collegiate Nats. My opening squat got called for depth. And I just remembered not feeling surprised. Like, I was just like, you know what? Like, they fucking got me. Mm-hmm. Uh it wasn't deep enough. So the second one I sunk and they gave it three whites. And then the third one, I sunk it as well, but they didn't give it three whites. And I was like, I was butt hurt for a little bit. And then it just like turned into like, it honestly just turned into like rage. Like I just felt so angry at the fact that only my second was registered in the meet like throughout training for the rest for the other meets that it made me such a better lifter. Like I'm kind of glad that it happened. I don't think I would have, uh, like now my squats and meets are undeniable. Um, I, I sink the shit out of it specifically for meets. Um, sometimes in training I cut it and when I cut it, it's usually by accident. I think Um, it's easier to squat to death with heavy weight, especially if you're a stiff, stiffer dude like a bit usually heavier guys are like generally stiffer or like lack mobility i think that's we can agree that yeah yeah so like with me my first squats my with the bar they probably are high but when i squat heavy it's like (laughs) you can't tell me like you know you can't tell me it's not depth once it gets heavy Um, that's like 496 i think it's easier to hit depth like 225 kilos four reds um yeah yeah yeah, I can squat four reds. I also squat. I also squat super wide. Um, ever since I moved up from ninety three to one hundred five, I widened my stance significantly. Which mm. I think a lot of people struggle when they move up a weight class to still hit depth. Um, just try, like, try widening it a little bit. That's my tip for people who got fat mm. um, on we purpose or by accident. We skipped over bench. I was. I wanted to talk to you about. We oh, talked yeah. about. We talked about talking about bench, and then we moved on. Let's do it. Let's do it for real. Bench um, itself. The tripod cue. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. So, I've taught this to a bunch of people, um, like personally, uh, whether it be my clients or uh, just people who ask me. Like I used to have people ask me specifically about bench, not about the other two, because they would just be like, "Damn, like you suck at the other two, but can you help me with my bench?" And I'd be like, sure, man. Um, So the tripod thing is like, imagine your two legs and your butt are the legs. I'm glad you said butt. I'm glad that was the third thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Imagine. <laughs> can I say cock? Can I say cock on the you podcast? You can say anything on the podcast. I I am yet to cut anything out of an episode. Imagine your big fucking cock is the third <laughs> leg of the tripod. It's really hard and girthy. Um. Anyways, so if you set up your legs in such a way that it pins your butt to the bench, you're not going to be able to move your butt off the bench. Um, and usually this is for lifters with shorter legs like me. Uh, you get your feet like underneath you. Um, pointing them out usually helps also, but you don't necessarily have to. I think pointing them out just reinforces your butt staying on the bench. And I do uh, – I love constant leg drive in the bench. I think if you – sort of only use leg drive once it reaches your chest, you're losing a lot of potential um, when you could really just be pushing with your legs the entire time. Like your quads and your butt and your hamstrings and all that, you can use that. You can use all that to your advantage. So there's that. I think that I was just before this podcast talking to, let me see his name. His name's Dr. Redbeard on Instagram. Um, he has a, I think he has like a, his own coaching thing too, but he hit me up based on my bench story that I just made prior to this. And he was like, can you help me arch? And I was like, yeah, like try to get more up on your upper back, make sure that the bench or your shirt is sticky enough where you stick to the bench. Cause if you don't stick to the bench, you might as well just stand flat back. Um, Cause otherwise you're going to slide like backwards off of the bench which is a good thing because you know that you're using your legs properly to get up on your upper back, but you got to take your shirt off or get a bar grip shirt or put bands on the bench, put chalk on the bench. There's a bunch of different ways to do it, but make sure you can stick to the bench or else you're going to slide off. Um, if you're arching properly and, uh, yeah, man, like the arch comes from your lower body. I also soft touch my butt to the bench. That's another important one for a lot of people. And it actually helps if you have a big butt. So, uh, like a big juicy ass, big fucking dumper. Mm. Just like, Oh (laughs) man. I I like the soft touch with the ass. Like you said, um, when I bench, I'm like, my, you don't really, you can't tell during the movement when you finish, when you rack the bar, then you put it down even more. It goes from just touching this like contact to actually weight on your ass. It's a my ass like raises the bench. It's barely yeah. on the yeah, and like mine doesn't come up. Yeah, me it neither. doesn't have anywhere to come up from. It's already up essentially. Yeah, true. It's a, it's a strange concept, but like and yeah, pointing your feet out. That's a great one. Um, yeah. that I use that as well. I, I I haven't struggled with the bum up yet. I think it's more like a I think it's more like a lightweight issue. Like smaller dudes. I don't know. I don't really see many big dudes have that kind of issue. I guess the bigger dudes generally have less of an arch. I have a decent arch. Uh, a lot of big, a lot of and I just put this on Instagram too. Is a lot of big dudes or dudes that think that they lack mobility just use that as a cop out, and they're like, I can't arch. I'm just gonna. Screw it. Just going to bench flat back. Uh, whatever it does to my shoulders, it does to my shoulders. If I break my shoulders, I break my shoulders. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm already big and strong. What is arching going to do for me? I think I think in terms of longevity, you I have think to help you. I think it's going to help your shoulders for sure. I When I bench, like, 
if I bench feet up and I can't create that arch and like yeah. I can't get my shoulders scaps retracted and stuff, I feel it way more in my shoulders. And like, mm-hmm. I know this is not a revelation. This is pretty common knowledge. But like, if you're yeah. worried about your arching because of your shoulders, like it's gonna help you. It's gonna mm-hmm. put you in a safer position. I don't know what that. I don't know where that concept comes from that it's dangerous. I think also the soft touch of the bar to your chest. Um, there's actually only one person who I'm coaching currently who I don't have doing soft touch. Uh, and that's because he's much heavier than my other clients. Uh, he's just got more mass on him. So I, um, I think for some people it's good to sink into your chest. Like if you can get like a ton of rebound off your chest, and like use your chest basically as a trampoline do it Mm. but if you're uh probably if you're like 105 or under so like my size or under you should at least try to soft touch because you'll get the quicker press commands and meets and if you can like master the soft touch you'll be tight the entire time and uh i think one of the important cues for that that i figured out on my own was like and i didn't even know i was doing it until i like thought about it i was like why is this working? But it's to slow the bar down before it gets to your chest. Mm. Like try and mm. like think about stopping the bar before it reaches your chest. Because if you have 300, 400 pounds on it, it's going to reach your chest. Like it's obvious, like gravity works. So it's obviously going to reach your chest. But if you like the brain, the brain has like a lapse in it. So if you think about doing something, it's not going to happen until like a second later. So if you think, all right, stop the bar now, it's going to stop like right here, barely touching your chest. Um, you don't want to work harder for bench than you have to. So, uh, and also the fact, like I get, I don't want to jinx myself, but at meets, I sometimes get like such quick press commands. And I know it's because like the bar is motionless, completely motionless when it touches my chest. Mm, it doesn't There's have to no, settle. Yeah, it doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, the uh, this the the sink thing for me has always been. Um, I've never tried it, and I don't want to. I just think like, other than it knocking you out of position most of the time, like you get under a hundred two percent, a hundred five percent, most like chances are it's gonna knock you out of position. Um, sure, you can handle eighty uh, percent without it bouncing you around. Um, unless you're like three hundred pounds, um, the soft the the sinking. I don't know. I don't think it's good for people like smaller dudes um just because like you're just gonna get knocked out of position so easily um and i don't know what it like there's probably no study behind this or even any logic but like i feel people who sink the bar heaps are probably more prone to tearing their pec as well like that's just my guess i don't know if that's backed by anything but like you are sinking the bar so technically you're elbows are going to be lower in compared to where your chest yeah. is so like your More pec is your pec is stretched further like that's can't argue with that um and i don't know i guess i guess let's say hypothetically you sink low your chest is stretched let's say the bar knocks you out of position a little bit mm-hmm. there, uh, maybe that can lead to injury that's just my guess i don't know i'll have to i'd have to actually look into it but um, that kind of just scares me a little bit about it and I've just, I've found that it doesn't work for me. So, and I don't tell, I haven't programmed any of my guys for them to do it either. So I think okay. soft, soft touch the all the way is, is the best. Oh, but, sick, man. Mm. Uh, I've actually had a ton of back injuries. 
Um, I started, I think I, I tore my pec two or three years ago mm-hmm. and I had just benched 440 at 205. Three and years ago. It, yeah. Something like that, like two and a half, three years. And I remember it took me like two years to ever hit a bench PR single again. And I'd hit 450 at like 230 to 240 body weight. Mm. And I, yeah, um, pec issues are a bitch, man. Before the summer, the before the meet that I hit 800 at, I strained my pec again. Mm. And I didn't bench for five weeks. And then I just showed up had my coach smack me in the face and I benched 435. Um, the face smacking, I, I get a lot of questions about the face smacking shit. Mm. It's not like, it's not because I like it. It's because I needed it. Mm. I, I think that like, if you get pain in your face or a pain somewhere in your body that doesn't matter, like you don't need your, to bench 400 pounds who cares what you can look like i think that that face like that's literally how ammonia works yeah it's like i just the, I, I don't prefer ammonia I it's the fight or flight it's just a fight or flight yeah. stimulus and uh-huh. i think the fight or flight thing um uh it's activated way faster from your nose like if you get if you even just bump your nose like if i smack the top of my head on something yeah or whatever but if you get the front of your face like if it gets contact with something and it hurts i think it probably activates it faster because like if i bump my nose i get really angry just for no reason but like if i um smack like if i like stand up and hit my head i don't really get angry it just kind of hurts and i think it probably the front of your face probably is more susceptible to that kind of stimulus in terms of like what you're trying to activate, which would be fight or flight and that like adrenaline. Yeah. That's actually, I, I, I just came up with that based on nothing. So I, I don't know if that's true, but I feel like the front of your face, like cheeks, nose. I'll punch you right in the face mm-hmm. when we meet. Yeah. And see what happens. I want to leave Philadelphia with a broken nose. Okay. Mm. I can do that. Yeah. Is that a, yeah. is that a picture of Obama on the top on your left? Obama? Where? Top left. Have a look at your screen. Can you see on your... Is that Obama in the... <laughs> I don't know. This is a... Oh, shit. That is Obama. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a thing of President Obama in the back. But yeah, we have Barack Obama on the Zoom call. That... <laughs> that That is funny to me because, like, I've always been very interested in, like, Americans because now that I interact with a lot of you guys... Um, yeah. I just get exposed to different types of people. So like in Australia, like if I had our prime minister up on my wall, it would be the weirdest thing ever. Like it, it is this, like this to me, when I saw Obama, I was like, okay, like Americans are pretty patriotic. People generally thought he was a pretty cool guy. I mean, I don't know really, but um, he seems nice, but to have, like to have our like there's been times in as a teenager i didn't even know who our prime minister was yeah so it's very different here in terms of like politics no, and yeah we all know who the president is that's exactly right and even we know who your president like there there would have been a time when i was like 17 where i could tell you you're the president of america what i couldn't tell mm-hmm. you who our prime minister yeah. was 
So for me to see you have a photo of Obama in your study is just funny because I I think if I walked past our prime minister, I wouldn't even be able to tell. Like I couldn't, I don't think I'd recognize. Oh. It's so different. And like the more I interact with you guys, it's like, it, you, you, I try to be very careful what I say because my majority of my audience is American. Like I generally like Americans. Like I have no prejudice against them, but it's just funny to, oh, it's a true. whole different culture and like a whole, even though like, we based off the same prince, like we were English when you know English people came to Australia. So the culture, like the people, aren't that different in terms of like what they're interested in and that sort of thing. But just small things like that, like you having Obama in the back of your <laughs> study, is just so funny to me. Yeah, I never knew he was there. He's been watching uh, over us. This interview's been listening. I saw he had that massive party with like way too many people. Didn't he get in trouble for that with like COVID? I, I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, they're trying to make people wear masks again here. Mm. And Obama is having like a billion people party. I don't, I don't get it. We, um, uh, we currently, we can, so this is, I don't know how it is in America, but like when you walk into a cafe, you have to have your mask on. Like you have to have your mask on out in public, but if you sit down to eat, you can take it off. It's like going backwards now. Mm. So, uh a couple months ago it was like if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear your mask which everyone was just like fuck it i'm gonna tell people i'm vaccinated um regardless of whether they got it or not so nobody was wearing masks for like a month or two and then a couple weeks ago like everyone's like you gotta wear your mask regardless because there's a new variant uh and some people are very for that some people are very against it I'm not going to say what I am on this podcast. No, I'm not game to say what I believe either. Just, I'm just telling you what's happening. Mm. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about powerlifting instead. Yeah, no. Let's just talk about powerlifting. No one can cancel us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. They actually can if we say someone's squat is high and they get upset. But no. this, pa- this this podcast cannot be canceled. I have eased my way. I've my, eased my way into waters where I can say not like ridiculous stuff, but like. You, did you see when Chance Mitchell called me out on my story for the, my post about beginner volume? I saw. Whatever happened with that? Mm, well, we ended up talking um, and he's going to mm-hmm. come on for an episode, I think in the next couple of days. Um, okay. and, and I'll go over it in depth with him. But people like know that people kind of know my posts are a little satirical where like yeah. they know that I might be taking the piss kind of, even if I give my opinion and it seems quite sensible and like, you know, calm people kind of, is he trying to bait me kind of, I feel like people know that most of the time I'm just trying to bait. Um, I do believe the stuff that I post. Sometimes I just don't have an opinion. And I post it. Like I get an opinion from someone else. And I'm like, here, you're, you trying guys- you're trying to get interaction on your Instagram. I yeah. love it. People. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about, now, this is a concept that, like, I've been exposed to as a bigger dude as well. Um, and by bigger, I mean, like, obviously, I'm higher percent in body, body fat. Um, do you think that there's, like, some sort of, like, superiority complex uh, with guys that are kind of, like, they're strong, but they're also quite, like, uh, low percent body fat? So, let's say, hypothetically, like, a 74. Um, I feel like there's this image of, like, being lighter, regardless of Wilkes. Like, literally, just regardless of Wilkes. It's like I'm I strong. Get, man. I don't. There's like a fear 
of becoming big and strong that I don't associate with in the slightest. Like I don't feel that at all. I, I made it like I made a specific choice at one point in my life. And I was just like, I want to go for numbers that I'm going to die one day and I'm going to be happy with them. Mm. Like I want to do something special in the sport. I don't want to look back when I'm old and dying and be like, damn, like, what if I, like, what if, what if I just push my body to the limit, like a mm. little bit more? Um, yeah, man. If you're going to, if you're going to pick one sport, like let's say yeah. powerlifting is the, the main sport you do your whole life. I think it will probably be mine as well. Like, why would you not? Yeah, I'm not and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying people need to get fat. Like, but, why not push it kind of to the max? It's like, oh, no, I'll stay at this. It's like when you look back, are you really going to care that you had one collegiate national record in like this category? Wouldn't you rather be like, yeah, I squatted 350. Like I squatted 350 kilos. Like I don't even think I'll remember when I, when I quit this, when I eventually have to quit the sport, I don't mm-hmm. think I'll remember what I did at what body weight. I think no, I'll remember, yeah, I benched yeah. 500 pounds, you yeah. know, in my 20s or I do this or that. And I think there's this complex of like skinnier dudes who because they value being thin or lean or whatever you want to say, like they value it pretty highly. They think that you do as well or they think that everyone else has to. And so it's like, well, I'm I'm quite skinny, not skinny, like I'm built and like lean. So I assume everybody think, think that's like the best thing for them. So it's like, they'll come on to you and kind of be like, well, look, I'm thinner than you. And, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, like, dude, okay. Yeah. Is it for girls? Like who it, nowhere in the rule book of powerlifting does it say like powerlifting what? doesn't judge you based on your looks. Yeah. That's why I love it. Mm. Um, I, I could say a lot about this dude. Like there's so many, and I, I, I figure when this podcast come out, people are going to start calling me fat again, but fuck them. Like, There'll be no slander like, allowed in the next on the platform comment section. In the comment section, no. People, people fucking, they'll find a way to do it. But at the end of the day, like I'm going after my goals. And if your goals don't align with what I'm doing, fuck off. Just people, fuck off. People will hate it, on something they don't understand. Yeah. And I, I don't really try and hate on skinny people. Like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Go be skinny. Go take selfies. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. But that's not what I'm about. Like, I I just like to lift. And I th- I'm pretty happy with how I look. Like, I think I look good. Like, my girlfriend thinks I look good. My fucking family loves me and shit. So, I'm doing good. Like, I, I love myself. And I'm I'm good. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that, um, I don't know. It's just like smaller people thinking that they're better than me because they're smaller and also weaker and also have less Wilkes and also can't beat me in any of the lifts and also are not relevant in the sport. I don't fucking get it. Um, if you're not better than me at any of those things, then you can't really speak to me. I mean, you can't speak down on me at all. Yeah. No, that's funny. I think because what those... And I've had some interactions with some like... um, 
I'll get caught. Like the people that I'm friends with, they'll joke about me being heavier, right? Because I'm 240 pounds, so 110. Dude, um, at, in terms of powerlifting, you and I are medium sized. There's fucking powerlifters who are like 400 pounds. Yeah. So if people are, if people are calling us fat, just... I, I, I mean, I'm, I've not seen anyone call Ray William Johnson. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Ray Williams. Sorry, not Johnson. That's the YouTuber. He's fucking um, Ray, that, dude. He's that fucking... dude's like a 405, isn't he? He weighed in at 200 kilos at one point, I think. Yeah. Like when he did 1,080 pound squat, I think he was 440. And look, I'm obviously not comparing myself to Ray Williams, but who was anyone fat. calling him fat? Was who no, was saying no. that he was fat? Like people, the, people, I don't know, fucking. If people call me fat, they can call me fat. They can do whatever they want. I'd the prefer they. I prefer they not come and say it to me. I'd actually prefer they say it in their group chats or whatever because it then I just won't have to interact with it and I can just go on with my day and keep like, like my social media, I don't like, you've been following it for a little bit, but like my social media is just like a stream of consciousness at this point. It's just like me, like putting on my story, whatever I'm thinking at any given moment. That's always uh, entertaining. Yeah. It's just like, well, sometimes I just like, um, I sit like I have a desk job right now, basically. So I try and like entertain myself through my own social media. Um, so it's like, I just like, I interact with my friends on there and I like, when there's something negative, like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm. <laughs> like you, like it costs $0 to just not be negative to me, but whatever. Mm. I, another thing that, that Noel dude said, the bodybuilder, he said, um, supporting someone else's goals doesn't take away from yours so i love it's... supporting yeah like the other 105s who i've met like uh double thick he just benched 485 today mm. insane him i think he him me brendan todd are the three biggest junior 105 benchers right now mm. um, what, how old are you and what do you bench i'm 23 and i benched 452 in the comp what is that, 200? 205. So you're 23 and you bench mm-hmm. 205. I'm just trying to get a grasp because like, right. um, I was going to ask you, the the gap between three plates and four plates on bench, right? That's obviously quite a big gap and it's hard to do. What about the gap between four plates and 200 kilos? A lot. You think it's more than going from three plates to four plates in terms of difficulty? Four plates is my fourth warm up now. Like when so I'm you healthy, go one, two, three, four plates. Yep. Wow. Um, and if I'm on kilos, it's one red, two red, three red. Mm. I don't so, even do that on deadlifts. Really? I take smaller you gotta jumps. Start, you gotta start doing that. Mm. I, um, I need to start taking small, uh, bigger jumps. You, here, here's a mindset thing. Like if you start treating your warm ups like they're fucking nothing, it's it's gonna pay off. I think. Like, in terms of you, what do you if mean? You, if you approach your warm-ups with extreme confidence and you're just like, fuck it, like I can I can take hundred ten pound jumps all the way up to my top single, then when you go to a meet and you're like only doing like thirty pound jumps, it's so much like easier mentally to just be like, I only have to add thirty pounds. Like I've basically already done this weight. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I see. You get what I'm saying? Yep. I think making yourself comfortable with big jumps um is awesome mm. you got to be careful with taking too big of jumps with weights that actually matter yeah, yeah like yeah. knowing what weight matters like 
that's how I strained my pec the last time is I went right from 375 to 200 kilos. So wow. I went from three reds to three reds and a yellow and I just strained it right there. I can, um, I can see why that's a big jump. It's a big jump, but I had been benching 200 kilos every single week. So in my head, I was like, this is routine. Who gives a shit? Mm. Um, so, I mean, like up until it's like near your top single, none of those weights matter. Mm. So taking like on squat, I right now I go one, two, three, four reds and then 265. Mm. And then I figure out what my top set is for the day. Yeah, I've kind of always been paranoid because I've been injury-free for a really long time. Um, and so I've always kind of been a little paranoid about... Because, like, I haven't had a minor injury. So just even mm-hmm. a small strain kind of scares me a bit. Um, okay. Like, yeah, I mean, I got, I've got i got sore erectors because my daily form is shit, but that's as far as it goes. So, um, yeah, man, you should... I, I, no, I don't want to even show anyone this, the side angle of my conventional deadlift. It's honestly pretty... Like, it's pretty bad. Um, it doesn't necessarily flex... That's- it kind of just starts flexed and it stays flexed. It doesn't really... The other thing about powerlifting is you don't get style points. You don't get points for being like pretty or cute. Mm-hmm. Only on Instagram do you get style points. Eh, in terms of like likes and followers and shit, but the people who are really in the sport, they don't give a shit. Yeah, that's it. They don't give a shit if you're fucking... If you're cute and you have nice hair. Mm. I don't. You have nice hair, by the way. You think? I just I shower. Think so. I think it looks nice. Thanks, man. Do you style it up? Do you put gel in the front? I don't put any gel in it. That's all natural? What about this mine? Is... Uh, do you put gel in it? It's very it's like... It's gelled up right now. I've got a little thing going at the front here. You see this little... It's different yeah. directions. Yeah, I got. I had to do it. I get, I get it done for the podcast to so go and get it styled yeah. before the episode. My mom styles like it. Do you like my hair? Sorry? you like my hair? I, yes. Do you want me? Um. Well, we'll have to see. When I come to Philadelphia, we'll see. I'll have to shape up you and Alan and Liam and kind of just. You're just you're you're gonna pick one of us. Um, it yeah, it okay. depends. It'll have to depend. Yeah, it's like you gotta you can't plan out this type of stuff. It makes it boring. If you're listening on audio, I'm sorry for the in, this recent interaction. That's probably confusing. <laughs> you, you'll have to go back and watch it on video. If you're listening in the car on the way to work, I'm sorry. If you're disturbed. Sorry we ruined your day. Sorry. Started off talking about wrestling. Man, we're going to have to wrap it up. I have to eat. I have to train. You have to go and... I got to go to bed. You got to go to bed. What time is it? It's like 9.20 here. I get up early. You better get to sleep, man. Yeah, right? Thanks for That was I love being on. Yeah, man. You think? Yeah? Yeah. I think so. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm going to be doing an episode with Chance, like I said, very soon. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Uh, Thanks again, James, for coming on. And this episode will be up tomorrow. Sick. I'm excited, man. Have a good night. Later. You too.